the show. For Thursday, August 22nd, 2019, welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. Almost said tested.net there. No, no, no. And then I just went to tested.net. Don't go to tested.net. It's strange. How did they get the tested.com domain, do you think? I think they offered money to some domain squad. There's a story there. No one in the room knows it. No. No. Welcome into this week's episode. I'm guest host Kishore Hari, along with normal guest host Jeremy Williams. Hello, Jeremy. Greetings. And second timer, welcome to the two-time club. Trace Dominguez. Two-time club doesn't sound like a really good thing to be You don't in. get like a jacket like the yeah. SNL five-timers club, but you're not that far away. Okay. Not Do I get a jacket at five times? No. Like a, but, a hoodie? Oh, that, a hoodie. I, I, would, I, would, I would sport that merch. I'm sure we can find some tested swag to give you at your fifth appearance. I mean, I've got enough stickers on my laptop. If we have, I don't oh, have any tested stickers. You don't have a Savage Industries sticker. Don't. You don't have a tested sticker. we got to fix that. Yeah, let's Trace, fix it. thanks for joining us. For people that don't know you, Trace, what is, what is your deal, Trace? I uh, do science communication. I used to work on a channel called DNews, uh, and that has now become Seeker. So I started that in 2012, and now I've been doing my own thing for the last year or so. It's called Uno Dose of Trace, and it's science and education and learning and curiosity all wrapped up into an exciting little ball of fun. Am, I, am I right in thinking you have some history with Danica? I do. I yeah. was actually Danica's man of honor. I've known her for many years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Uno Dose of Trace, can't recommend enough. You did a visit to CERN. Oh my uh, gosh, that was so fun. Uh, recently did three-part episode? I did, yeah. I, no, that was awesome. I, I flew over to Geneva and, and got to tour around. It was actually my second time at CERN. Um, I went in 2016. Did as you well. get a jacket for your two timer club there? They didn't even offer me a jacket. Oh. Not even a not even a sticker. Nothing. Oh. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. I got to explore their long shutdown that they're in right now and talk a little bit. The first episode talks a bit about what that is. The second episode talks a bit about uh, the new small wheel, which is a major upgrade to the Atlas detector that helped discover the Higgs boson. And then the third episode is uh, kind of, I had extra footage, so I put it together in kind of what it's like to work there and what these people do, some of the people that you've seen in the other two episodes that, are, that I interviewed. Awesome. I highly recommend those episodes, but we have a lot to get to, gentlemen. Ready to go into it? story this week are you a comic guy trace i like comics but i haven't read them too much until i just finished secret warriors and now i'm on to saga so i'm catching up I what think. is it oh those are deep dives is this for false you. modesty I, I i don't read the weeklies i'll yeah. put it that way okay. I, I go and wait till the books come i out appreciate that books. you uh, understand that there are tears of hardcore comic yeah. nerddom uh, i don't read any comics so these guys are always explaining to me why things are important, and this—I guess this—I is... think this one will be pretty self-explanatory. I get this one. Yeah. Do you get this one? Because the top story is that Spider-Man is out. Oh, I know. I out. I Goodbye. I, I like wept. Kevin Feige says "f you" to Spider-Man. 
Yeah. That's I, not the headline that came out. I don't think that's, yeah. But it makes me really sad. I, I want to see Tom Holland. I want to see him in the MCU. I want to see his 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 happy little Spider-Man-ing. Well, we should go over the, the story because we are sad at the departure. The, the story goes is that Sony and Marvel could not reach an agreement on a financial arrangement for Kevin Feige to produce the next two Spider-Man films. Mm-hmm which would mean they were included in the MCU. Apparently, Disney came to the table and asked for a 50-50 split on revenue, which, Whoa. according to Variety, was a big ask. Yeah. Um, but also, Disney probably has all the leverage. Uh, and then we got kind of a leaked story that, hey, Kevin Feige is out of producing Spider-Man. And then we got some spin later in the day from, I think, Sony, Yeah, where it was like, Oh, he's so busy with like X Men and like every other Marvel movie ever made. Well, uh, it was much more friendly in tone than you know. Then there's a money argument, and yeah. we're out. We're yeah. not going to play with you anymore. Uh, I, I'm, you know, frankly, personally, I'm okay with this. What? I'm absolutely. <gasps> what? Fine. Because how can you have that take? There is, that gift. There <laughs> are. There are. I know people love Spider Man so much, and these movies have have made more money for Sony than they've ever made for any other film. These are big deals. But I think there are so many Marvel movies a, a year and so many to come that we're going to be perfectly happy. And I'm much more interested in the drama of watching Sony try to do this on their own. Like, they think they can do it. And I'm willing to watch them take a $200 million bet to see if that's true or not. That's more interesting to me than another Spider-Man film. Honestly, I get it. I, I see where you're coming at. I, I see that. That could be, I mean, I would be sad to not see the end of this story, but like. You know, the I last time Sony good. took a bet like this, we got that awful Seth Rogen movie that mm. North Korea decided oh, we all needed to watch. What was, was that movie s- called? Uh, the Interview. But I was going to say, which awful Seth Rogen movie? <laughs> <laughs> this feels uh, pretty vicious yeah. from Disney. Like, I get how the story is going to be spun as, oh, Spider-Man's out of the the MCU, let us all lament that. The tears of a fan that we saw from Trace over there, I think that's what the reaction has generally been. Yeah, This feels like dirty business tactics to me. Does it, though? Because they are busy. Like, they have a lot of films to manage. Kevin Feige oh, has okay. a I lot on his plate. So I could understand why they would say, we'll do it, but we're going to need more incentive to do it. I Okay, I'll take back dirty and just call it business tactics. Yeah. But this... It feels to me like Marvel, they didn't reach an agreement, and then Marvel leaked this story. Yes. Mm. And then Sony was mm-hmm. like, uh-oh. And then they tried to spin the story their way. Because Sony's going to be the bad guy. Regardless of who is the antagonist in this, Sony's going to be a, to appear to be the bad guy. Because of Marvel's weight in wanting to make all of these other good, good stories, I'm putting in finger quotes, like because some of them are good, some of them are okay. But like Sony being the kind of small potatoes in this in this cinematic universe is going to they're going to bear the brunt of this. So they did uh, Venom, right? Yeah. That yeah. was them and that didn't turn out that great. I didn't see it. No, it was forgettable. Yeah, well, then they got they're the underdog. Yeah, I think this really hurts the brand because I think there's probably some segment of Disney promotion that just comes along with Feige being, you know, involved in any film. Yeah. And so I think Sony stands to lose a lot of money, not just from not having an agreement in place, but just from the 
the absence of this and the spin is what is their reaction to well, that possibility. Do you know what would have also lost them a lot of money? Taking the deal. Uh, yeah. So it's like the they 50, get, 50 split. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they have to weigh that and they have to say, well, what if we only make, you know, 75% of what we made in Spider-Man far from home? We're still going to be better off doing it ourselves. Is that what these movies are about to you, Jeremy? Just money? This isn't about the purity of Spider-Man and Tony Stark hugging each other? You know, I actually have nothing to do with this decision. I, I know that comes as a big surprise. Uh, just in, Variety has said, Jeremy Williams torpedo negotiations between Kevin Feige and Sony. Uh, I did see earlier, just before we... Uh, hit record that that this isn't a done deal or a done a done done deal I guess it would be like it's not completed yet they're still discussing things they're still figuring it out so that's why I kind of am agreeing with Kishore that someone leaked it to put pressure onto Sony to make a deal yeah. and get back into the fold because otherwise you're just going to get the the angry internet on you mm -hmm. yeah I think the angry internet's probably here. Uh, People love Spider-Man films. Like in the end of Endgame, he got more applause than anybody. Yeah. Spoiler. No. Well, that's not that bad. I mean, you know what? Frankly, I've gotten notes from our Comic-Con walkthrough that I revealed spoilers about Endgame. Enough. <laughs> it's been what's time. your what's it's your spoiler like enough, cutoff? Enough time. What's your spoiler cutoff? Is it thirty days? Is it sixty days? Is it ninety days? Is it once it's out on DVD and Blu-ray? I like that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I don't definitely. know. I think it's when the giant Lego figure I'm walking by in the video that you're watching is a spoiler for the movie. It's okay. <laughs> At that point, I think it's okay. All right. Well, let us all lament Spider-Man leaving the MCU for now until a deal is reached. Uh, but there's a lot of other pop culture news this week. Red pill or blue pill, gentlemen? The red one gets me the fun ride, right? <laughs> I actually don't remember, so. <laughs> I believe the red pill gets you the fun ride. I, yeah. I believe, yeah. I'm just remembering Cypher saying, why didn't I take the little blue pill? Yeah, so it yeah. must be the red pill. Yeah, the red pill and it's wakes so, you up. It's so weird because blue pill in like uh, us as aging men, that's supposed to be the fun one. But anyways, the... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think of, of uh, Dayquil and Nyquil. <laughs> oh, this is non-drowsy? Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, exactly. great, great, great. <laughs> I, I prefer non-drowsy. Uh, Matrix 4. Yeah. Announcement. Kind of out of nowhere. I didn't see this one coming. Was there... There was a... Yeah, there were hints. There were Somebody, another director earlier this year had hinted that they were working on another Matrix film. I forget who it was, but, um, but this is it. Like, this is official. Because there's always going to be rumors about something happening. Yeah, we have. Uh, uh, tell us uh, uh, what what's returning and what are you excited about? Only uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, as far as we know, are the only two confirmed returners, and only no one... Joey Pants. Who's that? Joey pa Joe Pantoliano didn't he die? Cipher. Yeah, yeah, he was killed. I think. Well, yeah, he he was. Who knows? But in is movies, anyone really in dead? Movies, yeah, anybody can come back, right? He was hit with that electricity. Well, didn't didn't, didn't Carrie Ann Moss die? Uh, but he saves her. Trinity. He, saves her at the very he end. like does he? He inserts some code in her to yeah, he, remove a bullet. He reaches into her polygons and. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forgot her. that. Like I yeah. think I might have only seen. Is that the third one? I think I might have only seen that once. I 
think that's the second. Is that the second one? Anyway, yeah. more importantly, maybe there's only one of the Wachowskis coming back. Yeah, it's L- Lana. Lana is coming back, and Lily sa- gave her blessing. I read. So I mean, that's kind of huge, because uh, all of the other films were directed by and written by the two of them. So it'll be really interesting to see what uh, what this looks like. Well, let's first start with what's your anticipation level? Yes, excited. It's been long enough since the f- trilogy that I'm excited. We are in peak Keanu territory. That's Keanu can do n- no wrong. Right. He's probably the most popular person in our country right now. Yeah. Uh, so is this just sort of striking while the iron is hot in like peak Keanu nostalgia? Or do you actually think this story is necessary? I mean, if they were already working on it, like Jeremy says, I, I hadn't heard that, but this makes sense then. That mm. get it out while Keanu is still a big deal. Um, <laughs> you know, not that he's not going to be a big deal in three or four years, but... Who knows? You never, you never know. know. Yeah. We'll have moved on what to if, some other 80s original star. Yeah, what if John Wick 4 is terrible? Oh, why would you say that? I don't think it's going to no, be. No, that's just that's <laughs> just crazy talk. Speculation? What What is the remnant story you want to see? Because Matrix 3, I don't even remember what it's about is how much I enjoyed that movie. I think it tells you a lot. I mean, didn't they get out or something? They like freed everyone but not really but somehow. and like agent smith wins but then that's loses. like a trick and yeah. he loses welcome to our recap of matrix <laughs> 3 where we barely remember the movie i don't know i i hope they've had time to reflect this is like my feeling on at george lucas films like i hope that after a disaster strikes they have time to look back and see what they got wrong with the sequels and make good on that and do it right uh you know like i felt like the first film was fantastic because of all of the practical effects that were mm-hmm. mixed with digital. Yeah, so great. Whereas the next two, they were practically all digital. And that's yeah. less interesting to me just from you know, a viewer standpoint. And so I hope that they go back and they do more actual, like, you know, uh, choreographed kung fu, wire fu. Give me more of that. That would be great. 100% agree. I mean, bullet time changed right. the world for, like, a few years. Like, it was in Shrek. Like, yeah. they, everyone saw that, and no one had ever seen anything like it before. And they and I, I mean it was 1999, 20 years ago now, and it blew people's minds. And to accomplish that, they had an array of of mm-hmm. cameras that were encircling the actors versus bringing 3D models into CAD. Yeah, and it was so great. It was so 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 great. And if they can do something like that again, I think. I mean, they don't have to blow my mind quite to that level. Right, that's asking a lot. That's asking a lot. But if they can, if they can mimic that that mix of digital and, and reality, I think is really great. That's what makes. To mention it again, that's what makes John Wick so good, is that he's not just a computer-animated dude fighting other computer-animated people, right? right? He's doing this, and, and, th- and that makes it more enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I, it's interesting that this will be a Matrix post-John Wick, mm-hmm. because that, that's now part of Keanu Reeves's, uh, the expectations people have on him. I f- feel like the thing I most want is what we started to see in, in 2, where we'd see all these kind of like weird characters that were, um, was w- just emerged those like twins mm-hmm. with the dreadlocks, mm-hmm. like um, the the kind of remnants. I love that. It felt a little like the Star Wars kind of extended universe of other creatures that exist here. Yeah. Where it started to break down is when they tried to explain the mythology of the space that we were in. Like, there's this white guy with a beard that sits in front of TVs and blah, all that stuff started to break down. So I hope they more like expand sideways into sort of the rebel scum of the 
of the Matrix universe as opposed to trying to tell a story to fill out the mythology of the space. Yeah, I'd never thought about it that way. It is sort of like a used universe in that Star Wars way, right? right. Like there's lots of, of extraneous characters and people that you haven't seen that can just pop in. So what happens, what does happen in the end of three? I mean, does the Matrix still exist? All I remember is there's a sunset and then the Oracle is all like, what up? <laughs> that's all I remember. That's honestly all I, I remember. It was so forgettable. I recall, like, so Agent Smith, like, assimilates him. Uh, and, but then Agent Smith has no purpose. And so his program, like, self destructs. Huh. Uh, yep. That's our review. <laughs> <laughs> I just Googled it. I just Googled it. This is the top. This is what Google says when I Google what happens at the end of Matrix Revolutions. Nice. Towards the end in the Matrix Revolutions, Neo is jacked by the machines into the Matrix to fight Agent Smith. Remember, because he goes yeah. to the source and he's blind at this time. Sure. Which is cool. During the fight, Smith seems to have killed Neo. Then we see the machines pump a charge into Neo to revive him. Neo, however, does not seem to be active inside the Matrix anymore and just explodes into light. Oh. Well. <laughs> Wait, that's the end of the movie? This is what it says. Well, please oh. uh, don't pick up right after okay. that. Uh, what, what let's go <laughs> forward a few years. <laughs> what about the architect? That was an interesting yeah. aspect, right? Like the architect of the Matrix, that's an interesting story. Maybe this is a prequel. Yeah, but it has Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah, that's a good But point. that doesn't mean that just because they're in it. You know, maybe they're just like, it's going to show Keanu when he was still in the Matrix and like him starting to discover things. And Trinity had this whole history of being a hacker and understanding things. Maybe it's Trinity's wake-up story. Oh, yeah, I want to hear that. That would oh, be cool. That would actually be That'd cool. That'd be really cool. And then Neo is involved, but only tangentially, because yeah, he, he knows who she is. He hasn't been woken up yet. But he hasn't been woken up I yet. I like that. That could be cool. Where does his fashion go from here? Because his coat has been progressively <laughs> getting longer, but I, it's already at the ground at I this always point. thought that yeah. the coat and the sunglasses were to aid the CG. You know, that was just my Same. assumption. Because oh. you don't yeah. have to worry about Uncanny Valley. Mm. With the eyes, they still had to worry about Kenny Valley. Yeah, more, more in the in the in the skin and mm -hmm. stuff. They had it, but now it's cartoony. way. And the technology is so much better. I don't think that's a that's an issue. That's right. That's true. Like it has come a long way even since then. Uh, well, I'm excited at this announcement, and it makes sense with their 20th anniversary screenings. I think it's this week of Matrix um, in theaters around the country. How many times did you see that movie in theaters in 1999? I don't. I didn't see it that many times in theaters. I think I saw it twice in theaters. But it is one of those. It is my national treasure movie, and by that I mean if it's on cable, I will stop there immediately yeah. and and keep watching it. Yeah, I actually I remember seeing it in theaters, but I don't remember having any feelings about it. It was very weird because I remember walking out of the theater and just wondering what I just saw. And then when I watched when I got it on DVD, that's when I wore it out and yeah. I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah, I watched it seven times in theaters. Wow. So you my knew. brothers and I were like obsessed. We thought it was so cool. And the soundtrack, too, was really good. Soundtrack was amazing. I guess part of maybe what I'm remembering is that there wasn't much of a buildup to it. Like, no. It didn't seem like it was an event like Star Wars is. Agreed. Yeah. Maybe we... I, I wonder if we're... Were movies events like that then? Like, were they? I don't remember right. hearing about it. Well, I don't remember the, like, hype at all. This I just was, remember going. It was 99, so yeah. it would have been around the time of the prequels, right? Wasn't that when... I guess that's true, yeah. So that's when the first prequel... Maybe it was competing with that. I mean, Matrix was one of the first films that I remember doing this where they built a whole universe outside of the film. Like, yeah. they had a comic book, they had the animated yep. movies, 
they had like other extraneous content out there. It was really for Matrix 2 they did that. Yeah, Patrick Willems wrote a really cool piece on Polygon about that. That It's called Transmedia, and the idea that you can have a comic book. Uh, like, the Animatrix is an example. They had a comic book series. They have the, the soundtracks, although that's slightly more like unrelated, but all of this extraneous media that feeds into the story. He talked about it in his piece, which I recommend people go look up, um, about specifically the Matrix Reloaded because of the Enter the Matrix video game. There were parts of the movie that they left out so that you would have to play through that story in the game to really understand what was happening in Reloaded. Specifically, like, wow. how... Uh, Naomi's character, uh, played by Jada Pinkett Smith, was blowing up a nuclear power plant, and they just show them like blowing it up in the movie. But you do that in the game. That's something that he mm -hmm. pulls out specifically in his piece. So that's all transmedia stuff, which we now are super used to. That's essentially all of Marvel is transmedia at this point, right? We've got movies, we've got comic books that are related, we've got TV shows on Netflix and on television that are related. That's cool. Cool. All right, moving on to other pop culture news. We got an announcement. I feel like this has been in the works and we've just been waiting for it. It's the return of He-Man. Kevin Smith announced He-Man and the new Masters of the Universe is coming to Netflix. Animated? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Wow. Kevin Smith has the power? Yeah. Did you, you watch The Toys That Made Us? I did. So good. Great uh, theme song. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> no, they nailed it. The whole intro animation. But uh, I love that story about where do they got I Have the Power, that it was, it was market research, that that's what kids want because they don't have it. They have no power. They don't decide when to have dinner or when, right. to, when to go to bed. And <laughs> all they want in life is just a little bit of power. I, I love the, the line announcing this. It says, the new series, Masters of the Universe Revelations, will focus on the unresolved storylines from the 1982 TV series. Unresolved storylines? <laughs> really? Uh, thank goodness we're getting some resolution <laughs> to that uh, cartoon that made no sense. If we're doing unresolved storylines, can we get Pirates of Dark Water to wrap up? Because wow. I would like to see what happens and how we get this dark water out of here. You know what I'm saying? What are you talking about? What's Pirates of, what's there was a cartoon television show that my dad and I used to watch. We get mm. together on Thanksgiving and still talk about how the they never finished that Was it a Saturday morning cartoon? I feel like it must have been because... I watched it regularly. Hmm. It was really awesome. If anybody else has seen it, please tweet at me about it, because now I want to watch it again. Did you have He-Man toys? I did not, no. Any Any favorite He-Man characters? Well, Skeletor is the best character, right? What? Isn't he? Skeletor is a maniac. Yes. Yeah, that's so why he's so weird great. and creepy. But he had the best he's castle. He's like a creepy uncle that is your villain <laughs> for this series. He's the only He-Man character I know of that's really meme-worthy. With oh, his totally. Mean word. Smashing the mirror, like walking through the mirror and putting his arm back out and smashing it. That's good stuff. Mm. That's Skeletor. I don't really recall. I was born in 1982, so like, I remember He-Man. Yeah, I good. had He-Man action figures, but I like don't recall these unresolved storylines. No, <laughs> no, no one does. No, no one <laughs> has <laughs> ever. Kevin said Smith that does. Sense. Kevin Smith does. Well, Kevin Smith remembers everything from true. his childhood. Apparently, yeah. I was a man at arms guy. Okay. Only because the action figure was so cool, it could spin around is and this, do stuff. Was he this guy the, with, it, with the helmet? Yeah. 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 He the is awesome to the right mustache Tom Selleck dude. And what? Orko is one of the weirdest. Oh, you want me to put it up there? Yeah, I should be doing stuff like that. Um, it's a lot to ask. Uh, Orko is the is the 
craziest weird character ever. Is he ever. the wizard yeah. thing? The floaty guy? Yeah, he's the yeah. floaty guy. Anytime I see a cosplay of Orko, it is is delightful because literally embedded in this in this show where every character is overpowered and you know the the hero has a giant tiger that goes around and mauls people and stuff. You just have a floating magic elf. I don't know what Orko is. Uh, uh-huh. That has like no backstory, and he signifies that his name is Orko because he has a giant O mm-hmm. on his shirt. In, okay. yeah. That is my favorite demarcation. That's like if Trace walked around with a T on his shirt, always. And maybe I would. <laughs> Wait, so He Man isn't always He Man, right? He's normally a regular dude. He's the Prince of Eternia or whatever. That's not really regular dude, is it? Like that's, no, it's pretty powerful. He's guy uh, elite, elite. Yeah, <laughs> but he's not muscular. He's not strong. No, he looks strong, but he's not He-Man strong. Not He-Man strong. Was, I guess He-Man's the strongest of men. And then, so when he pulls his sword out and says, "I have the power," then he becomes He-Man, and he has to do this in order to defeat the forces of evil that are fighting his his kingdom. I assume they want uh, access to Castle Grayskull, where who does uh, the forces of evil? Oh, where He-Man some... lives in Castle Grayskull. He protects Castle Grayskull. Oh, I figured that Castle Grayskull was an evil place. Maybe I don't remember. Yeah, it sounds I'm, bad. I'm really it sounds like a bad. I'm, place. I'm really messing this up. <laughs> All the He-Man fans that are like, well, you don't even understand the unresolved storylines around Castle Grayskull, uh, are fl- are flipping out right now. Uh, well, okay, this is coming back. Norm's gonna be really mad about that one. I, <laughs> Me messing up. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he remembers He-Man any better than us. I have to imagine. I do remember the movie. The live action film. Oh dear! Wow. Which I, which wow, wow, wow. Who's was it? that? A treasure. What celebrities um, had the honor of participating in that film? I wonder. Gosh, I'd even have to Google it's that. It's it's like Ivan Drago. That yeah. character is, is it he, Dolph Lundgren. It's yeah, a, yeah. Is it Dolph? Yeah. He was the, he was it was a commercial failure. That's Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it it was a movie. It was a movie. Wow. Yeah. 1987. It was I remember it vividly. I had it on Laserdisc. Probably more memor- more memorable than Matrix 3 apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a pink Cadillac, it gets cut in half, there's a little key thing. It's like it's a, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh speaking of things that are coming back to television that we mm-hmm. never expected. Yep. Uh are you have you participated in the Friends versus Seinfeld debate on Twitter? No, no. Good, because that debate is worthless. It's Why worthless. are we having that there debate? Are, that is ridiculous. Why are you bringing it up then? Because a beloved character from Friends is returning to TV. Okay. The monkey that played Marcel, mm-hmm. right? Remember when paleontologist oh. Ross, paleontologist Ross, guy that studied dinosaurs, had a pet monkey in season one to two. Nope. That monkey is returning to television. On, How old is that monkey? I don't know. It's got to be old, right? Yeah. That show is old. So somehow that monkey's coming back. It will be part of uh, Why the Last Man on Fox, which we're really excited about. By the yeah, way, yeah, Brian K. Vaughn. Yay. Interesting. Uh, our friend uh, Charlie Jane Anders is actually helping write that show now. Cool. In the writer's room. So uh, awesome stuff uh, from that. It's not the same monkey, though, right? It's, it's a. According to the story, it's the same monkey. It's got to be the same name. What? Then how is that a story? Different, if a, different monkey. We named a monkey Marcel. Because it's been a long time. It has been 20 years. Uh, hmm. She's currently in her mid to late 20s as, 
and still has plenty of career time left because capuchin monkeys can live to 40. There you go. Okay. Same okay. monkey. Same monkey. <laughs> Same monkey. And they say there are no parts for monkeys when they get to middle age. I was going to say, yeah, Hollywood has that, oh. that for, especially for the for the women in Hollywood. This is going to be rough. It's going to be rough. I'm glad that she's still working. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I, uh, can I just say about Friends that I'm always surprised when my friends liked Friends because I assumed everyone that I sort of chill with had the same background as me, which is to say, did not have a group of friends when they were, you know, young. So you don't like friends because friends. these people are friends? Like I had maybe like a That's not the reason not to like the show friends. I had maybe like a best friend like throughout life. But I never had a group of like good looking friends who were like all hanging out, like living life happily. Like we were nerds. But that's not the reason to not watch friends is that you didn't have friends. It is because like I can't I can't relate to it. So. But they drink coffee all day. That's your thing. <laughs> it wasn't that. that that's your relationship. Not yet. Not yet. That, that's my beef with friends. Yeah, I was actually just reading a piece about how like it sets unrealistic, unrealistic expectations for how friend groups function. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Rent-controlled apartments in New York. Oh, let's not even talk about that. Uh, um, you know, leaving your door open and your friends just show up. I have never, like all of my friend interactions these days, especially since having a kid, are all planned in like Google Calendar. Yeah. Like I've never, I'd never have the pop-in. Who, who has the pop-in anymore? Do you have friends that pop in? I don't think I've ever had friends that pop in. You mean like Kramer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did that in Friends, too. They would just like walk across the hall and open your door. Right. So they were neighbors? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. No. I like Elaine in in Seinfeld. She wasn't a neighbor. Like only Kramer. She had to like come over. Kramer and, and Newman were neighbors. Yeah, she had to be buzzed in. Yeah. But... That was still a popover because she would just show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Call them on the phone, Kishore? Oh, crazy <laughs> talk. You can't, like, text them. Well, it's bad TV. Send them an email. That's bad TV. Hey, yeah. do you want to come over? Wait, I can't make that. Let's schedule that yeah, for Thursday. I'd love it if you come over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are now in the Seinfeld impersonation portion of the show. Can I have a bad take on this? Both of those shows are terrible, and you shouldn't debate whether any of them are good. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. my take. Seinfeld. Even Seinfeld. I disagree with that. It's a show about nothing. No. I would rather I would rather have it be a show about something. No. That, oh. That, that was their twist, but it was always about personal interactions. Friendships. And weaving an intricate web of stories together. Uh, in other TV news, Krypton canceled after two seasons. Uh, guess what? Never watched an episode. Really? It's I also a, never. I'm kind of surprised. You t- you tend I don't to... watch every comic-related thing on television. No, but you do Only watch... Only, like, 80%. You tend to gravitate towards them, and you watch a lot of things. And so I assume that this would be included. No. Uh, they're apparently going to plan a Lobo spinoff, who's a really interesting vil- Superman villain. But that got canceled as well. Speaking of spinoffs, mm-hmm. we do get a character we do know. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan coming back to television on Disney+. Plus. Cool. With Ewan McGregor in the role. What? Animated? No. Really? Wow. Live action Ewan McGregor on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Holy cannoli. I'm into that. Or Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you want? Do you want a general Kenobi? Do you want an old Kenobi? Do you want a. Uh, yeah. It, what Kenobi are we talking It's hard because Ewan's a little bit, you know, he's aged. Mm hmm. I don't care, man. I love you, McGregor. Here's the best thing about episode one. Um, I, I've, I've been a fan of him since Shallow Grave. Like, he's, he's good. So I, 
whatever he's got, I'll I'll watch it. I think the best thing about episode one was the double lightsaber. Yeah, thank you. Second oh, best correct thing about God. It. <laughs> correct. Spoken like someone born in '82. <laughs> I agree with you though. I think you and McGregor was an amazing. It was amazing cast. It it fits with a, a timeline to have him maybe be a little bit older. Maybe we get some General Kenobi. Maybe we get like the story of why he's on this desert planet all by himself in ex- in exile. You know, like it could be fun. It'd be a fun kind of. Adventure. I kind of want to see him in a like a hijink story with the sand people, like a time just, heist. Like, he's just like constantly doing like getting up to no good with the sand people. They're that like, would be yeah, the like, whole time. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. I get it. He's a soundboard, and then like the sand people, are, sand people just pop over. Yeah, they just like open the door. Are they like I am Groot kind of kind of characters? They only can make one noise, and he right. just like talks back at them. <laughs> All right. In actual original news, it's not actually original. Uh, Marvel is uh, teaming up with Stitcher again to introduce a podcast. A long time. Uh, the last time they did this was for a Wolverine story, which was exceptional. Uh, and this time, it's going to be centered around a storyline involving the Fantastic Four. And an old friend named Galactus. Oh yeah, that's a big deal, right? Like this, he's bigger than uh, Thanos, right? More, more dangerous. Like in volume and size. Oh yeah. Galactus tends to stumble into some uh, traps from time to time. Okay. Would you would you say less intelligent, like more he brawn, seems, less brains? He seems to be making some. Say, he seems to make the same mistake over and over again. Where Thanos seemed to learn a little bit from his mistakes in the comic books. Anyway, I'm excited about this. I think this Audible format, especially as a a limited series, is a really excellent way to dive into some storylines. You have to get over, if you're like a hardcore comic fan, you have to get over that the voice on the podcast is never going to be the voice that you heard in your head when you were reading the the books. But um, that line that, uh, that they're basing this off of, which is a Marvel's, uh, run uh, is actually uh, is a really great run dealing with the aftermath of um, Galactus coming to Earth. Uh, so I'm really excited about this. Encourage everyone to uh, to check it out. Can you explain really quick what the podcast is? Then is the I, I've never heard it. So it's a fictional. Yeah, it's I, mean, a, I mean it's obviously nonfiction, a documentary, but <laughs> it's like a storytelling podcast. Yeah, I mean I pitched them just. Uh, a podcast where I react to me reading comic <laughs> books, but they're like hard pass. And so this is a, a fictional story with voice actors and like narration uh, through it where you follow a storyline. Like an audiobook, but yeah. with actors telling all the different characters. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Really uh, w- you want to hear some of the casting? I'll yep. get Jeremy on board. Yep. Uh, well, Star Trek Discovery's Ethan Peck, who plays um, Spock. Okay. Um, Billion, do you billions? Do you watch that show? Seth Barish is going to be on. No. Okay. Well, have you heard of uh, the Method Man? Yes. Yeah, he's going to be in this too. So there's like a real assortment of of people um, playing different characters. Method Man is mm-hmm. Galactus. Do I love that or do I love it? I think I, think I love, love it. it. I never listened to the Wu Tang Clan, but what? I know, I know. It's like one, I was like the guy who listened to rap who didn't dig on Wu Tang Clan. It was weird, but I he guested on a Gangstar album, and I love that track. So I'm down with Method Man. That's the little rap. 
I like it. Interstitial. For years, I, like every time we go to lunch after this, I hear Jeremy talk about old school rap. And now he's sitting here <laughs> you have and no cred. say that he's not down with the woo. He's opening up to you. He's being honest. All right. Uh, do we have a message from Norm? Yes. Norman, what have you? Hey, before I let these guys continue with the show, I want to let you know that This Is Only a Test This Week is made possible with support from Lutron's Caseda Smart Lighting System. A lot of people think that you need smart bulbs to get smart lighting, but there's a smarter way. Caseda's smart dimmers and switches replace the switch in your wall, and all the lights are controlled by a switch that will act smart. Think of all the places in your home where one switch controls multiple bulbs, ceiling lights, chandeliers, bathrooms, and more. With Caseda, you save money by replacing the switches instead of replacing all those bulbs with smart bulbs. You're using a smart switch instead. Smart bulbs are only smart when the switch is on. If someone flips it off, you can say goodbye to that smart control and connectivity, but Caseda switches are always smart, even if the switch is off. With Caseda dimmers, you don't need to buy smart bulbs to enjoy smart lighting. You actually get the best of both worlds. Smart lighting control from an app or your voice and control right at the switch. We have Caseda lighting switches set up around our house, especially in our nursery, so that right after bedtime, I can use voice control to dim the lights and turn them out while juggling bottles and babies and all their toys. Get smart lighting the smart way with Caseda by Lutron Smart Switches. Learn more about Caseda at Lutron.com slash test. That's Lutron, L-U-T-R-O-N dot com slash test. Now back to the conversation. Let's actually start with Apple news. We have a leak going on uh, that the next Apple event will be on September 10th. Is there anything you're hoping they announce before we get to what is expected to be no. announced? It's going to be, you know, it's going to be the new phone. Is new there... phone. <clears throat> That's it. That's it. New phone. I want to see examples of what the new camera can do. That's what I'm tuning in for. Mm -hmm. I hope it's good. Like I hope are you due a, for a phone? Are you, are you an iPhone user? I use the upgrade program, so I get a new phone every year. Every year. Yeah. So how it's does that work? It's actually kind of annoying. So uh, it's, I love it in that I get a new phone every year, and I end up you know, always on the latest technology, which makes me really happy. But it is a little bit annoying to upgrade every year and feel like you have to. Um, but you end up paying a monthly fee, depending on how much your phone costs. It essentially is a 24-month loan for the price of the phone full, and you split it up. And you only have to pay 12 months of it and mm -hmm. then give the phone back. And you get the Apple Care. And you get Apple Care with it. So it's it's a nice benefit if you know you want to upgrade. If you decide not to upgrade, you just hang on to the phone. And at the end of the 24 months, you've paid the exact same as if you bought it on day one and you get to keep the device. The thing is that they introduced this program as soon as phones became less compelling year after year. Agreed. You know, it's like they used to be mammoth improvements, like getting the faster, you know, 3G to 4G or or uh, you know the you got video now HD you know mm -hmm. amazing yeah. you know um, depth of field effects and and now it's just uh, what's the big deal? Well, supposedly they're going to reveal three different phones. Uh, I, I sort of assume it's sort of all along the range. I think the only interesting thing to me is is what Jeremy already said. Like, let's see what the camera looks like on this. How many cameras are actually going to be on the high end phone is is interesting to me as we're seeing. A lot of competitors have three or four phones, uh, three or four cameras come standard now. 
Uh, so what is it going to look like and what is the software processing on top of it to deal with some of the advanced features? Uh, any other features you'd want in a phone, in one of the new phones? I don't know we're going to get anything. I don't know what came out last year. I do know that some of the new APIs, um, like to do the cool human, um, what do you call it? Like the the ver the AR stuff where you mm -hmm. aim the camera at a person and it can do real motion tracking. It can like map their bones to a, a 3D model, or it can do um, <clears throat> it can put AR things into your environment and let people pass in front of them. That requires the new chip that came out last year. Mm -hmm. So um, like it'd be nice to have that, even, but it's not like a new feature this year. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's supposedly a new watch coming out as well. Okay, cool. Is it thinner? Yeah, because that's what I want. I, want I, it to be a I bit think thinner. they're at a limit though, because the trying to have an all-day battery and mm -hmm. a cell chip in there. Yeah, yeah. I know. Basically, makes it that they really can't make it that much thinner. I expected it to get thinner a lot sooner. I did too. We're what, like five generations in now. Yeah. It, because does it count as thinner if they're like we've gotten, you know, one tenth of a millimeter smaller? They're like in decimal points of millimeters and I, thinner. Yeah. I do not personally. I don't need all this battery power. Like the, my watch will last two days. Mine will too. And yep. uh, so, you know, I think it. it's because I turned off all, most of the notifications. Like I'm not getting pinged constantly. And because of right. that, my watch will, I, I can put it on power save at the end of the day and pick it up. You know, it'll last no 30 problem. days if you put it on power save mode. Like really? Where it's just a watch. Yeah. Where it just yeah. says the time. 30 hmm. days. There's also what we talked about, I think last week, that the MacBook is getting uh, the 15 inch is going to morph into what's going to be called a 16-inch. It's basically the same thing, except the screen is wider. Like fewer bezels. Yeah, there's a smaller bezel uh, yeah. on it. I think that's great. We'll see what they do about the keyboard and uh, touch bar. Yeah, they're allegedly having a new keyboard design, too. Well, not new, but like they're, they're getting rid of the one that's been causing problems. By the way, the most exciting Mac development is what Trace revealed to us <laughs> before the show started. You have to talk about the touch bar. So if you have a Mac with a touch bar and you... Are, find yourself being like, this is real dumb, except for the emojis, which is really fun. Um, it's not super useful, right? So I've been using Better Touch Tool for many years. It's great. It lets you create your custom gestures and keyboard shortcuts. And I love a good keyboard shortcut. I used to use WinKey when I used Windows to create keyboard shortcuts for that. So this lets you do all of those things, keyboards, like app-specific shortcuts, whatever you want, even gestures, if that's what you want. Um, but it has a little added bonus of touch bar integration. So like now my touch bar, I have a custom package called Golden Chaos. So first you get better touch tool, then you get Golden Chaos, and it lets you pair AirPods immediately with one touch. It adds haptic feedback to the touch bar. So your mm. touchpad will like tick and move around when you're touching icons on your touch bar. It lets you move windows around. It lets you do so many different things. And it shows you messages that you have. It let, And it does not change app dependent. It's always the same touch bar. But the amount of functionality that it adds and the number of apps that it works with, like it can show you your calendar updates from Fantastical. It gives you the weather and gives you a forecast of the weather if you tap on that weather, then all like, on the touch bar. I like that you said it does some multi-touch stuff where you, if you put two fingers down, it does volume, three yes. fingers is brightness. Yeah, and, and that, that's, that's pretty cool. That's system-wide all the time. So it's like I find myself doing many of these gestures even when I don't turn on that touch bar, and it's just a quick keyboard shortcut to turn it on and off if you want the Apple one back. And basically, better touch tools... $7.50 for a license. Yeah, it's a two-year license for seven fifty, dollars or a lifetime license for like 20 bucks. But Kishore's been using this other app called Spectacles so that he can put his stuff on the TV mm -hmm. 
But this would be so much more convenient. This is going to be so much better. Yeah. Uh, like, my endorsement of this came from when Trace showed it to me. I got so furious. I, like, <laughs> looked down at my touch bar, and I was like, I'm going to throw this against the wall. Like, it made me mad. And I think that's the sign of a good product, is when you see someone else have it, and you're just mad at what you have. Oh, so I, I would have been mad that Apple didn't do it, like, out of the gate. I, yeah, yeah, I've given up on it. On that, <laughs> oh, okay, no. Uh, a couple more Apple stories. Uh, Apple Arcade. Uh huh. There was a leak uh, this week that I saw that it's the price. So they said it's reportedly going to cost about five bucks a month. You get a free month for free, or free months when you start, and it's got like a hundred games or whatever. The yeah. leak was just the cost, I think. And they're all exclusive games to Apple Arcade, right? I don't actually know that much about it outside of this leak. I thought that was the fact. I think you're right, though. They are supposed to be exclusive. Yeah, and it's a lot of indie games, which I'm excited about, actually. I really love a good indie game. Mm -hmm. What we won't get in September is the launch of Apple TV Plus, whatever Apple's mm -hmm. calling that thing. It's Apple we, TV Plus. Are we just in the age where like, we, we went through the I age, where I was the prefix for everything. Now mm -hmm. we're just appending pluses to everything. We're in the plus age now? The plus, plus suffix. Age. You remember when uh, Steve Jobs revealed Apple TV and he called it ITV? He, like, a couple times he accidentally called it ITV. He said, Oh, see, so you should, that, this is the lesson you should always go with your working title. Mm. There we go. I guess they couldn't get ITV. Uh, there are reports from Bloomberg that Apple TV Plus will launch in November uh, and is looking at, after a free trial, $9.99 a month. So that's more than the base Netflix price, which I think is eight ninety nine, But yeah, I don't Netflix pay that. is technically more than that. It is, because if you want 4K, you have to pay more than that. It's and like multi multiple streams, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it's considerably more. So, But but also more than than the Disney Plus. Way yeah. more than Disney Plus. Yeah. Well, which, I mean, $2 more than Disney Plus. Like, let's not... Is, say, it, is that way? Yes. Oh, okay. That's 20%. That's 20% increase. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. This is how we're doing math now. Yeah. How much was that coffee drink? <laughs> so you have... A really it weird coffee drink. It is yeah. more. Obviously, like there are people who are paid a lot more money than I am to come up with the pricing. Yeah, it's and, more. Yeah, for sure. Is are you either of you attracted to this service with all the original titles they're making? Oprah, Kumail, other people? Nope, not really. I can't say. You know, I'm curious about it. I am curious because I, I did watch their reveal and they had some interesting looking content, but. Uh, I'm not nearly as interested as I am with Disney Plus. And that might be because I have kids, and most of the TV watching that goes on in my family is either family or kids, like exclusively. So, I'm interested in the, in the one sort of uh, Mission to the Moon alternate history series. I'm forgetting what oh, it's yeah, called. Oh, yeah, that looks really right. good. Um, but I don't think I'm going to pay 10 bucks a month to watch that one show. So I have a follow-up question. Are you guys... Do you have a family, like an iPhone family or a, an Apple family setup? Because I do. Yeah. So, like... My parents, my brother, my sister-in-law, my fiance, we are all in an Apple family, so we share all of our movies, all of our app purchases, all our book purchases, and also subscription stuff. So I have an Apple News Plus subscription. I don't read it, but my mom loves to read the magazines. So I could see in a world like that, if this is there's like a family membership, because mm -hmm. now my family, we all have Apple Music, because I pay for Apple Music. I paid for it for myself. For $5 more, I got it for all six of us. So if there's a thing there where I can like pay five or ten bucks more and we all get it, it might be worth it. Yeah. But like me myself, I'm not. I would. I don't. Mm. I can't think I would use it enough. Seems about right. There's one other Apple thing that's available now. Yeah, for everybody. For everybody. The Apple Card. So anybody can in the U.S. can now go into their 
wallet app, hit the plus sign, sign up for an Apple credit card. Cool. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> well, it's like just in time to get the new iPhone. So like you do get 3% cash back if you do that. Oh, that's highly recommended. Wonder... 3% where though? Only at the Apple store, but where else yeah. are you going to get an iPhone? I guess you get it at Best Buy. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they're going to run, because right now the loan, because of the upgrade program, the loans are run through a bank, Citizens One Bank. So mm. I have a Citizens One Bank loan for my iPhone. It, would they run it through their own? Through Goldman Sachs? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, the the card is cool looking. It's titanium. I think they're beautiful. Th- they're thinking it's going to be you know like AirPods. Like people be feel good about themselves when they throw it down on the table to pay for their dinner. I've seen some people do that. Apple uh, card. I've seen a few cards in the what? wild. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Is it awkward? It's, awkward AF. It's a little funny because everybody knows when they pay with it because of where we are right now. Like mm-hmm. it's like when you first got an iPhone when they were new. Everybody's like, "Whoa, you have that!" Uh, it sort of felt like that. Um, but it is a beautiful card, really interesting, thick. No numbers on the front. Thick. No numbers. Thick is not always the quality I'm looking for in a card. It, I mean, it's he it's means T-H-I-C. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, that's what I mean. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Jeremy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, I have like the Chase Metal Chase cards, and they're they have a substance when they hit the table. This is lighter but thicker. It's I mean, we could talk about it like American Psycho style all day if you want, but like. It is. It's a nice card. It, at the end of the day, you use it to pay for things. So yeah, let's not over <laughs> overdo what this is for. Uh, we have a reveal this this week. We got a new. Oh no! We're oh no! What? What is it? New THX trailer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess we can't play the audio because we'll probably get YouTube flagged. But everyone loves a good THX trailer, right? So this is. You know, the, the sound effect that you... Cool. Yeah. But this is a 45-second long graphical, you know, extravaganza. And it's... <clears throat> the sound design is, as you would expect, you know, fantastic. Wow. Exactly. That's the helicopter's yeah. going. And I, what you want is to hear this in surround sound, which I you can't get on YouTube. So I look forward to seeing this in the theater. It's a weird kind of powers of 10... Oh, the robot's back. Pull. Yes! I'm, you're really <laughs> glad that you recognize that. The camera's constantly pulling back, like the so whole world behind you? is inside a snow globe, inside a space station. The space station is inside the TX, THX logo. Wow. And that's when you finally get spoiler. Like, the, yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like a three second spoiler. That's, it's like, <laughs> that, that's where you get like the, the final resounding sound. And it's like teased throughout. It's really well done. I, I'm a fan. I always love this stuff. Like, I love just like, you know, little fun animations and cool sound design. My dad is an audiophile, so has, we had in my living room growing up not a nine speaker surround sound system uh, with two, the left and right channel were, had three tweeters, a 12 inch subwoofer each, and like four mids or something. They were wow. like these giant okay. pioneer speakers. So every THX time he would start the volume low and just turn it up until the whole house was shaking and then my mom would yell from somewhere else in the house so i agree this has got a good nostalgia factor like i want to go home put on headphones and listen to this just to that's great you know i was talking to my dad who uh tries to use a hearing aid um but oftentimes like we find it like just sitting on the table I'm like, Dad, you don't have your hearing aid in. Like, you can't hear us. And he's like, Well, I don't. I can't hear your mother either. That way. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, for my like, 
85 year old dad. I thought it was one of the best like humor lines he's Zing. had in years. <laughs> uh, okay, more tech news. Um, Movie Pass was bad. Thank you for calling Movie Pass. Uh, yes. We uh, leaked your credit card number to thousands of people. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, uh, Ryan. Uh, this is uh, basically just more bad news. They had a database that was exposed, found by one of these, you know, security companies. And why was there like dripping sarcasm when you said security companies? Because they're hackers. Like they're hackers yeah. who have incorporated. <laughs> and uh, so. I don't know, TechCrunch like got wind of it and accessed the database themselves and signed up for an account and watched their account information appear in the database. Wow. And uh, so there's, um, you know, it's a, it seems like a real random mix of information, but there is definitely unencrypted credit card numbers, full, in some cases, full contact information that could be used to steal an identity. Uh, so if you ever had a movie pass, this is kind of a PSA to, uh, Take a close look on your, um, you know, credit card usage, and maybe you call your bank. Maybe lock it down. They said that the critical server was not protected with a password. And then, like, apparently, like the security company let them know, and they didn't do anything about it uh, uh. for days. Uh. That's the problem. And then so in TechCrunch asked Thank them why. Thank you for your inquiry. You can't book any movie you want to see. And they're like, no, we're telling you your thing is unsecured. <laughs> I mean, you I hit zero. We value all customer feedback. I could absolutely see MoviePass being in a really bad spot right now, just not having the IT department that launched the site and not knowing how to fix it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they, they did end up fixing it, but it took days. A uh, couple bits of video game news. Insomniac, huge announcement, joining the PlayStation uh, yeah, so, ecosystem. Yeah, Sony bought Insomniac. Uh, a lot of people, like for me, uh, God, now I'm going to blank on the name of the VR game. They have a major VR title coming out later this year, which we've played, and it looks really, really great. And uh, so my first question was, is that still coming? Yes, that is still coming. They, have, they said that is still 100% coming to the Rift platform. And, um, but beyond that, I could imagine any VR titles coming from Insomniac, if any, they will be PSVR exclusives. Can we imagine that if there's a follow-up to Spider-Man, which was an Insomniac game, right? right? That's, like, that's going to be the PS. Via a PS exclusive again, right? Uh, what else did they have? Did they have like Ratchet and Clank? Mm. Is that their yeah. other big IP? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm trying to think. That goes back. Stormland is the is the game I was thinking of. Um, Ratchet and Clank is going to be back. Guys. Hey, bring it! They they got a huge following for that. Yeah, they they're it's very. I don't know anything about this. I'm sorry. You know, three <laughs> D platforming. Um, Sunset Overdrive was another big one that they did. That was cross-platform, though. I, or at least it was on Xbox and PC. I shouldn't... I don't know. I mean, we're, we seem to be going through this phase where a lot of indie studios are in financial trouble or getting acquired or something happening. I, I don't know anything to do except shed, like, a small tear around this news. Like, it's great for Insomniac Games. I'm happy for all the developers there. It probably means they have a more stable future. Mm hmm and yeah. it, I, like I can't help but be a little bit sad. Double Fine was acquired, yeah, recently by Microsoft. So yeah, it's it's happening. Uh, it, I don't know what to think of that. I I mean, if it is a matter of them having stability or falling apart and having to fire people, like you said, this is a good thing. It's a good thing for the people, and I lament the move, like yeah. that. This is the the trend right now. Yeah, although. You know, there's a spot in my heart for indies. 
-hmm. It's just that like when I was growing up, it was all indies. Like everybody in the eighties was a one or two person team, mm -hmm. and that's how they made video games. I mean, yeah. Pong was technically indie <laughs> when you were growing up. Yes, I got you. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm talking more like like Prince of Persia and Pitfall. Oh, I was thinking like two guys from Andromeda. <laughs> oh yeah, you know yeah. they're still working. They had a Kickstarter years ago. They're yeah. still kicking it. Uh, for you're talking about the Space Quest games. Yeah. Yeah, I love the Sierra Adventure games. Anyway, I, I, I hope that there will always be a, a spot for them, it, on the PC platform mm -hmm. at the very least. Uh, there's a story that we talked about a little bit last week where you can. Um, it, some users are reporting the ability when they've contacted Nintendo about updating their Switch, they've been rewarded with a upgraded Switch via trade-in. And some users are actually able to do this for free. That if you bought one on uh, launch day, they have a new improved switch now that has extend uh, better battery life. Mm -hmm. uh, and some users have said they've been, uh, they have when they've gone to Nintendo support, actually gotten um, an upgraded switch. Have they been reporting a problem that needs to that requires replacement, or uh, have they only been saying the only problem I have is I have the original switch? Uh, yep. Really? That's according to a Reddit user, so let's just... Oh, boy. And there oh, is yeah. a... I didn't watch... There's somebody recorded their call with a Nintendo rep about it. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo mm -hmm. released a statement saying they do not have a Switch, uh, like, um, what do you call it? Switch exchange program at this point. This is the problem with being nice to people, because <laughs> they tell the world that, <laughs> that, that they got this treatment, and now the company can't be nice to people, because it's... It's, the expectation is now they can be nice to everybody. I think we need to slow down and unpack this. The this. problem with being <laughs> nice to people. Hey, it's true. that This is why there are people in corporations that tell the people who answer the phones, do not give away free switches, even though that might be the right thing to do individually. It's because they can't set the precedent because it goes on Reddit and then it goes on the Tested Podcast and everyone in the world is now calling Nintendo asking for a, a free upgrade. I won't call. <laughs> the, I was yeah, planning I mean, on calling. I'm not it's call only now. if you've bought the Switch on launch day, this the second one. Yeah, the yeah. one that was that came out in June. And if you were cool, you bought it when it first came out last year, like I did. That's right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not. How like, else would you play Breath of the Wild? Yeah, I know. Jesus, I put like 250 <laughs> hours into that game. So far. I gotta <laughs> say, the Switch is the best bathroom-based console system that I've ever played <laughs> in my life. It is like Breath of the Wild is a game that I have almost exclusively played in the bathroom, and it's amazing. That's great. That, I would not want to take a breath of that wild, though. And, uh, no. <laughs> and Norm's mad again at me. Uh, Norm does not use electronics in the bathroom. Do you know this? I do know that Norm has an issue with, with pooping. Just in general. <laughs> Just like talking about Norm's it. Norm's mad at Trace now. It's great. I'm never going to be on this again. Uh, last story in tech news our beloved San Francisco fog cam is finally retiring. How about this, man? Do you remember this fog cam? So this is the, I've seen it, yeah. This is the oldest webcam on the internet. Wow. It launched in 1995, mm -hmm. which is two years into the World Wide Web. Like the fact there was a webcam at all was a big, big deal. Mm -hmm. And it's right here in San Francisco. It was on top of a university building at San Francisco State University. The, my favorite thing about this story is the explanation for why it's going down. Um, and that is, oh God, don't do that. Uh, they say, we felt it was time to let it go. The bottom line is that we no longer have a really good view or place to put the camera. 
<laughs> that is the best reason why this webcam should go down after 25 years. It's like Forrest Gump like deciding not to run anymore. Yeah, I'm done. I think I'll go home now. You know, it's just like, okay, it's been up long enough. 25 years. That's so weird. You can still get there, though. Just go to, what is it, fobcam.org. Um, hmm. And it's still streaming. It'll, it'll go down probably within days of this podcast. And uh, don't go to fogcam.net. Never, just, just never go to the .net. I always try it. Never, well, never go there. After you mentioned tested.net earlier, I checked out tested.club and tested.pizza, and neither of them are. Oh, wow. Yeah. We have an opportunity here. Whenever yeah. I wear my tested shirt, it's just the worm logo, I get so many comments on it. People say, so you've been tested? Oh, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Oh. They don't know. I don't even know what they think they're asking me, but I, yeah. it's just weird. It is definitely weird. Yeah, yeah, I, a little bit. I, I can't imagine asking a stranger that, saying that to a stranger yeah. in any situation. I, you know, it's just on my shirt. I'm, I'm, I'm showing the world. Like, I'm showing it. Like, I'm saying tested. So they're responding to that. It's just, uh, I don't know how to respond to them. Yeah, I, I think you just move on quietly. Yeah, that's, that's the best, <laughs> best one. Move on dot pizza. <laughs> All right, time for a little bit of science. for a moment of science because we have trace here who actually knows what he's talking about when it comes to science i'm handing off welcome oh, wow. to an uno dose uno dose of trace meets did he, moment of science did you know this was coming yeah he uh, he he told me uh five minutes before we started <laughs> yeah it's <was> great <laughs> i gave him the amount of prep time that yeah was uno dose of trace of science yeah yeah cool so uh i brought two stories because i thought these both kind of jumped out at me um I am big into music. I think music is like awesome, and it's an end, not a means, if you know what I mean. Hot take, music is cool. It's something Hot we take. don't talk about enough on this podcast, and I agree with you. Yeah, I think... Whatever, mu- man. You don't like Wu-Tang. <laughs> <laughs> but he has feels about other stuff, so okay. that's important. Yeah, and so I think we all can agree music is great, but the interesting thing about music is that, and the thing that I think most music lovers both lament and love, depending, is the business of music is really fascinating to me. Um, and to many of us who like music. Uh, so the charts, how the charts work, right? Oh, like the billboard the charts? The billboard charts, but it's not just billboard. Uh, so uh, it is tracked by so many different groups. It's how we know music is popular. It's how we can determine whether or not things are making money, right? How long something's been on the charts is really important. Like Old Town Road broke a bunch of records because mm-hmm. it's been on the charts for so long. Um, but... It's also mathematically predictable in some ways. So the charts prior to 1990 were predicted by a Gauss di- distribution, apparently, okay. uh, specifically a logarithmic argument log normal. I don't know what the half I of the second half of that don't log know what means. that is either. I'm not a super big explain math it guy. to us. Yeah. I, I I don't know. Do you what? Know? putting you can point at the screen. <laughs> I still, it's not going to help me explain what that is. I don't know exactly what it means either. But I'm telling you that prior to 1990, you could explain it in that way, and now you can no longer explain it that way because it has changed since 1990. What has the the predictability? Like the, the predictability of our music charts has changed. Is this because the quality of the music has gotten worse? It's uh, they don't they didn't say why in this study that I found, but essentially they looked at 50 years of music charts in the U.S., the U.K., and the Dutch and German pop charts. And since the 1990s, 
they explain that it has changed from this Gauss distribution <laughs> to Shannon entropy and the Weber-Fechner law, which states that time and other variables are represented and stored in the brain, not in a one-to-one -one ratio, but in a greatly compressed way, also on a logarithmic scale. So, so Gauss distribution is actually uh, like pretty understandable. That, okay. That's typically going to be in like a bell curve kind of format. Okay. Um, a log normal distribution has uh, different sort of peaks and, and valleys, but log. But you didn't say it was just log normal. A it logarithmic was like, argument log normal. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I want to know why, because either this is nefarious or it's because of the democratization of music. And so yeah. either it's good or it's bad. I think it's fascinating in that they said that before the 1990s, albums would debut and work their way up a chart, mm -hmm. right? And might debut at 10, might debut at 15 or 20 and work its way up, maybe getting to number one if it's lucky. Now things tend to debut at one and stay there until they slowly drop down. Okay, so that's the music industry deciding what should be a hit. Yeah, it's sort of like, I, I think you're, you, you've got the measure of it there, that we think of music differently now. I think it's been more commoditized. It's less like, oh, well, this band made a good song. We think it's probably gonna do really well. It's gotten some sales already, but the, the hype machine changed everything, right? And also the 1990s was a while ago now, but like pre-internet, so potentially the internet has changed things, perhaps the way that we get music as, as singles instead of albums, as yeah. iTunes music, Spotify music, instead of a record company literally sending CDs to stores and having people wait in line like they're getting a new pair of Nikes. We don't even you listen know. to radio in my family. Like yeah. My 12-year-old knew Old Town Road before anybody I know. And like, I don't know how, why. It, it's just in the air. Like Everybody mm -hmm. at school knows that, knows that song. Yeah. What did they find it on YouTube or what? That's but it's a great question. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very curious about how pop music works. Essentially, they say that things have changed now. So the diversity of the charts in general has doubled or even tripled. There are significantly more albums making it into the top 100 or the top 40 every year. So we're seeing more turnover in music, which hmm. supports kind of the point of it being more commoditized and just like things are happening faster. And then on top of that, um, they can be predicted by how humans consume things as opposed to just a regular bell curve distribution. If that's true. Yep. I, I'm fascinated. There's a study who knows if it's accurate or not on YouTube, but it's very compelling about how the quality of music, both the musical, you know, mathematical intricacy of music making, of the structure of, of a song, and the lyrical complexity of the, you know, what kind of words are you using yeah. has been decreasing steadily for the past 40 years. Oh, that I would 100% believe. <laughs> if you've ever gone to a karaoke bar and had, I, I had it punched in my face, it felt like. I was at this karaoke bar, somebody sang a Bob Dylan song, the screen was filled with lyrics, they mm -hmm. ranged in syllable from one to five, the next person sang a Katy Perry song, and almost all the words were, yeah, 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 <laughs> and it was just like... <laughs> It, it's just music has absolutely gotten simpler and that makes it catchier. It's gotten yeah. simpler in lyrics, which makes it easier to sing along to. And it, But it's also gotten to be much more of a production art yeah. where, where yeah. everything can now be tweaked by a knob. Yes. You know, and it's very much in the hands of the producer versus finding natural talent. I find Pro Tools to be a fascinating thing that if you know what it is, you can hear it in most music. So I can, mm -hmm. you can usually tell if you know how, what Pro Tools sounds like 
which music has been Pro Tools and which hasn't. So mm -hmm. like when people in the 90s were like, Britney Spears is such a great singer. And I'm like, she's really not. All you have to do is like listen to it and you listen for these things and you can tell that they're tweaking her to make her on pitch. Right. And and people just wouldn't believe me. There's a video that surfaced on Reddit yesterday of Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye's audio track from I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Isolated. It's a must listen. It uh, is, it's perfect. It's chilling. Like talent. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. I mean, anytime I see that Marvin Gaye singing the national anthem um, at the lake before the Lakers game. Yeah. Just unbelievable. By the way, started to take a deep dive into Shannon Entropy. Yeah, how that Really go? fascinating. <laughs> I Actually, bet it is. really like if I had more than five minutes, by the I would have definitely gotten into it. Like so <laughs> Shannon Entropy uh, is basically the backbone of mach how machine learning works. It oh. is like the equation that we use to understand the average minimum number of bits to encode um, like a, a string of symbols based on the frequency of them. So as we're getting to more and more music out there mm. in the charts, they're probably using this formula to uh, to predict what what songs are going to be sort of rising using this Shannon Entropy model, which allows it to learn as it goes along. It makes no sense to me at this current stage. Right. But I'm going to read a lot more about it. Great. Let's talk about Shannon Entropy more next week. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Thanks for talking about music. Yeah, you know, it, it also makes sense that a distribution would be like an ease in, everybody hears about it, and then a slow ease out as everybody who isn't cool hears about it later. You know, you mm -hmm. get that. It's same with like tech adoption, right? Which is what log normal curves look right, like. Right, exactly. And so it would make more sense that now there's niche markets, there's like these different commodities, there's a lot of more artists, there's a lot more diversity in music in general like in terms of the types of music that are popular. So that that's, that's pretty freaking interesting, I thought. So I wish I knew more about it, but um, maybe next week. Mm -hmm. And then there's also uh, a space story because it's science and space is like super fun. So uh, I am a big fan of the microbiome. All of us have a microbiome. Basically, if you could make, I guess, an infographic of it, we'd all look like pig pen, all of us from peanuts. Yep. We're just surrounded constantly by our own microbiomes. They share a lot. The Venn diagram has big overlap between humans and animals that we share space with, like dogs and cats and such. But like microbiomes can be very different depending on what you need and where you are. And, and astronauts, what you eat, what, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and astronauts have a varied microbiome that is different than people on the ground. Uh, uh, because of microgravity or because of space radiation? They don't know, but they think <laughs> space radiation might play a part. So uh, we know that space flight has effects on your height. It makes you slightly taller because of the microgravity. We know that it has the same effects your blood flow, your vision, you know, variety of other things, bone densities and muscle. Um, but spaceflight also causes, quote, a specific consistent change on the abundance, ratios, and diversities of bacteria in the gut. That's not surprising. Not the, at all. The why is sort of fascinating here because we saw with the twin study mm -hmm. um, that we saw some telomere differences between yeah. the two uh, astronauts after their time in space, which is the end caps of the chromosome. And there is some microbiota links to uh, uh, our genetics as well. Yeah. So is are the genetic factors playing into this? Is it the microgravity, which we think would be a driving force here? Is it any radiation from space, uh, which we think uh, would change? Is it their differing diets uh, that have to happen in space? Yeah. Uh, all of those probably are factoring into a difference. So, uh, do you want to hear the scale of this this situation? How, like microbiomes are big. Is like, it log normal? <laughs> uh, it's more Gaussian. Um, <laughs> we roughly think we have about thirty seven trillion cells in the human body that are human. Yeah. 
Uh, and we think somewhere around 30 trillion bacteria cells in our body as well. And so the idea of your microbiome is a specific yeah. ecosystem of that bacteria that lives in a certain place, but it's big. Yeah. Like yeah. it is like on that scale big. Yeah. And I mean, there have been some pop sci that stretches it into like, it's your second brain and like all of these other things that it can affect you because of the chemicals that are just, that are excreted by certain species of bacteria in your mm -hmm. gut and grumble, grumble, grumble. Yeah. Grumble. I think those are all a little bit maybe. Let's say eccentric. Our pediatrician is huge on probiotics. Yeah, and but the idea that bacteria in your gut are important is becoming even more accepted. I think as time goes on, so it's good that they're super into probiotics because we should be nurturing, not destroying, right. much of our microflora, which is great. But I love that you brought up the twin study because that was my first thought too. This is like, oh, Scott Kelly and his bro, mm -hmm. right? But they didn't use. Scott Kelly, they used him as a comparison point, and instead they've had seven different mouse experiments. One uh. went up on the STS-135, the last space shuttle launch, which I actually got to see. It was really awesome. Um, but then they've been putting m mice experiments, essentially, on the International Space Station and studying their gut microflora, because it's not that different from ours in some ways. So they said, we saw the ratios of the same major types of bacteria change in the same direction and a slight increase in overall diversity. This is super fascinating because yeah. we can't send anyone on a long-term mission unless we understand this. Bingo, absolutely. If we wanna to go to the moon for six months, we need to know what that's gonna to do to our micro microflora. If we wanna to go to Mars for potentially the rest of our lives, if we send people there and they'll never come back, we need to know what they're gonna do so they don't end up like wasting away or not being able to digest nutrients or you know something could happen yeah, and they won't problems. be able to do anything about mm -hmm. it. Um, so they used mice on these, two, on these different uh, missions and they invented a brand new statistical map to count the trillions of bacteria and the hundreds or thousands of different species in the gut that, get this, it's the best, it's called the Similarity Test for Accordant and Reproducible Microbiome Abundance Patterns, or STAR MAPS. Oh! <laughs> and Scientists so, always with the acronym. It's the best. So they're going to use this new statistical model to continue to study the gut microbiome. It's going to mm. be awesome. That's I'm really awesome excited story. about it. Thanks, Trace. Yeah. If you want more Uno Dose of Trace, check you, out his YouTube channel. Yeah, youtube.com slash Trace Dominguez. Easy to find. Let's do it. Let's hit into the minute. The VR Minute. Virtual reality this week. Trace, do you do any virtual reality? I have just recently acquired an Odyssey Plus. HMD, really? Sony, or the mixed reality. My dad bought it and didn't want it, so he sent it to me. Because he's like, this is too complicated. I don't know how to use it. And you have a PC to run it? I have a iMac Pro that has Windows 10 on it, and yeah. it runs it just fine. It does? Yep. Really? It's wow. Okay. actually really... That's no, great. Not, not a, any lag, nothing. It works okay. perfectly. Great. Okay. Um, so have you tried Rec Room? Uh, I haven't yet. Kay. I've only got it working this last week. It's free. So it's, uh, it's an easy... Easy gamble, uh, but Kishore, Norm, and I uh, quite enjoy this this app. It's um, it's a social app you you jump into, and you can do any myriad of activities that they have built within this little tiny universe. Um, the ones that we like to do are these quests that you can go on, where you go on, you know, uh, you get in groups of three or four, and you go on adventures together. Well, there's a new mode coming to Rec Room. They revealed it yesterday. Well, I should say they revealed the title and the logo. <laughs> it is. Stunt Runner. 
Mm-hmm. Are you trying to play it? I did play it. Well, then I guess they already know. <laughs> it's called the Stunt Runner. <laughs> and uh, who knows what it is? I Nobody knows yet. But it's exciting that there's something brand new coming. So they have been, basically, there's been not a whole lot coming out of Rec Room because they have been, um, you know, everyone has been heads down working on the Quest port, which is, you know about the Oculus Quest. It's the mm-hmm. all-in-one Six Degrees of Freedom headset. Yeah, it's beautiful. So it's running on that now. Uh, well, Stunt Runner is, is a, the first big new mode, I think, since then. I've, obviously, they've been working on their creative stuff as well. Here's what I want. Yeah. So secretly, one of the best nights of VR playing that uh, Norm, Jeremy, and I had is when we played this low-poly game called Don't Touch the Red Box. Okay. Uh, and it's literally like mazes uh, in VR where like like brick wall pieces are coming towards you, and you have to dodge and run through them and sort of map your way through them. It's a ridiculous game. I would love it if Stunt Runner was that. Oh, yeah, that would be great. That would be great. I, I'm imagining something more like uh, American Gladiator yeah. or, you know, a contest where it's maybe a race of some kind mm-hmm. against multiple people and you, you're trying to get to the end. I don't think it's going to be like a party up kind of thing like the quests because none of the other yeah. activities are. I think it'll probably be this, you know, 32 people, 16 people, and you get in there and you do stunt runner together. I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, too, I'm into it. Um, Everything on Rec Room has been good. Like, yeah, not good. always the experience um, uh, from the get-go, but uh, a lot of the quests have been really fantastic. Servios has a game called Sprint Vector, which mm-hmm. is a two-player, is more than that, maybe. But you, That's you, an intense game. It's very int- physically intense. You're running and you're grabbing walls and flinging yourself, and it's a racing game. It, the, t- the logo and the, the name of Stunt Runner kind of harken to that. I'll be curious to see what it is. I'm excited to see something big come from the Rec Room guys at um, uh, Gravity. What's their name in that company? <laughs> uh, Battlewake is coming on Steam September 10th. Not just Steam, right? It's That's true. No, it's, it's coming to Steam, Oculus, and PSVR on um, September 10th, which is right around the corner. Battlewake is this game from Servios that, where you control a pirate ship. Cool. And you're, it's basically deathmatch against everyone else who's controlling a pirate ship. Firing cannons? And it's, it's firing all kinds of things. Like you look off to the, you hold your arm out up to the right, and you're hurling these cannons that way. Or you look off to the left, you're hurling them that way. Or these machine guns off to the front. It's very, you know, kinematic. But it's also exciting because you're hitting these waves, and your perspective goes up, and it's crashing back oh, down cool. in the ocean. But they've done everything right so that it's intense without being causing motion, motion sickness. sickness. And it's a, it's, it's a fun game. I got to play it at CES, and I'm, I've been looking forward to that. Uh, so they finally have a launch window for that. But Ooh, this is scary. Yeah, what's wow. this? Is this Battlewake? Yeah. Cool. What's up with the brightness factor? Yeah, yeah the TV's got a weird we brightness We've got to turn up it. the brightness on the yeah. TV. Yeah, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a fine-looking fine game. I'm excited wow, that to looks play really that. fun. It, it reminds me of Sea of Thieves and its look, which was just yeah. beautiful in terms of the sailing. Oh, my God. Oh. That's so intense. I yeah, love you it. You can charge up your super weapon and you know, summon the Kraken. Cool. Uh, now, what's interesting is the same company, by the way, the same company that Sprint Factor that I just mentioned, they announced and released a game this week. No one knew this was coming. Westworld Awakening. Norm's head is exploding. Now, what, I, what, what you imagine when I say that is a promotional piece. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's what I meant. Free download. Yeah, like a five minute kind of like walk around yeah. the set. Five, ten minute experience. And they do label this as an experience, but it's not. This is a paid app. Um, 
and you it's it's a not a very long experience but it's longer than 10 minutes mm. it's two to three hours they say there are people on reddit who are saying they're taking their time and they're going to get twice that out of it mm. Re early reviews are very good surprisingly like normally these licensed experiences aren't always yeah they're just promotional hits. and just yeah. like just for fun yeah. but norm had a chance to play this briefly last week uh, he was under NDA, so we couldn't chat about it last week's show, but he he gave it a thumbs up. He likes the fact that you take, uh, you 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 play the role of a host. Oh my mm. goodness! So you're not a visitor to Westworld. Cool. You're one of the bots who have awoken, and so you are becoming aware of your consciousness, and you're becoming you know, uh, self-aware that you're in a very bad place. And Oof. and how does that? play into the game. So I understand that it does have some scary elements to it, but it's... I uh, hope it doesn't encourage too much bad behavior yeah. like Westworld can encourage. I don't know. I, I think a lot of it happens in the real world, like in the mm. actual science, like outside science center. Of, outside of Westworld, but in like right. the Westworld And facility. you're using the pad that they interact with the world with. And so oh, there's cool. a lot of puzzles and engagement with the reality. And I guess they, they people are saying that they did a great job with this. So. Oh, awesome. It's just weird that it wasn't announced earlier. Like that usually in terms, like in the movie world, if you don't let people review your film before it comes out, it's a negative sign. This um, Not so, in VR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this, I guess they wanted to um, surprise people. And so that's, that's what they did. So you can download that now. Um, what else do we got? We got Space Pirate. So you're familiar with Space Pirate Trainer? Nope. Not really? Not. Nah, okay. Not a lot. This is Galaga. This is Galaga VR. So every, oh, cool. every VR platform has Space Pirate Trainer. And it's a, it's a wonderful shooting game where you're just standing on a platform and you're aiming up and you're shooting these flying spaceships. Sure. Well, we've never seen anything beyond this. It's always been called Space Pirate Trainer. Well, now the same team is making a game called Space Pirate Arena. And it's a from what we can tell, they've only teased it. It's a, a two-player game. But what's interesting is that Space Pirate Trainer is a standing game. Yeah. You can move around, and you have an advantage if you do that. But it's primarily a 360-degree stand or 180-degree standing game. This is an arena game. Wow, look at that. Where they're saying that you will need... Oh God, it's it's a lot of space. It's more space. This than looks we have like a to. like a like a garage, like a Where large playing garage. The yeah. So yeah, uh, I want to say like ten meters square. It's big. It's a really big area, but it looks like laser tag, but like in VR. Right. Exactly. What's better than that? That sounds wonderful. So I mean, it sounds like a location based experience, but yeah. they're not saying that that's what it is. Like they're just. Mm -hmm. It's crazy that they would release a game and hope to sell a lot of copies of it. If it requires that much space, so I maybe they are partnering with locations to do it as well. But Will you ever be able to play it online? Yeah, I I, I don't I don't know I I believe so because that I mean then it it's fine then you only need half the space. We know so very little about this so far, but so I'm already thinking like where can we do this? Yeah, I would hope that if you could play it online, that they would keep the people. But in, you still need in a, a in a real space separate from the people who are just right. on a controller because you get such a big advantage when you only have a gamepad to worry about and not your like whole body, you know. So I'm thinking we have to go to the badminton court. Oh, done. And we have to ask permission to use their space to play VR games. No, we'll just we'll rent it for badminton and right. play VR games. I like your thing. Take, see what take they down the net. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> um, and uh, the last bit of news we have in here are last week <clears throat> we were excited for No Man's Sky. 
to release the Beyond And there patch. was a problem? And there was a problem. <gasps> Somebody suggested there might be a problem. Okay. I don't remember who it was. I'm actually waiting this one. I'm holding out. I'm waiting this one out because there are so many people saying that there are performance issues, even on like the yeah, new RTX cards, and they're having to tweak things down. So, yeah, apparently... <sighs> There's issues, but there's also people who who've gotten it working. The people who put up the settings that work for them. However, there's also like apparently an issue with the HUD where it doesn't always track with you. So you, it's really meant for the PSVR style of 180 degrees standing and snap turning the whole time. But um, it's still, it's still, it's on sale right now, and this game is quite massive. So I, I still have high hopes for this. There's a lot you can do. I mean, spaceships, go underwater, ter yeah. terraform, walk around, ride animals. I mean, there's so many different interfaces and things to do in this game. The fact that there's some issues out of the gate. I, I, I mean, I'm making upset. fun. I'm not surprised there's issues out of the yeah. gate. I just don't have a video card beefy enough for this right now. So it's not worth me playing until they fix them, right. some stuff. What's your video card? Uh, do you know? Yeah, the 980. Yeah. When, I wonder. So part of the reason I hooked up mine to the iMac Pro is because one, that's what I have. Yep. But two, I wanted to see if it would work. Mm -hmm. So so my dad was like, "I'm just going to sell this thing, and I, unless you want it." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll try it out." Yeah. So it took me a few days to get it running, but now that it runs, it works totally fine. But I haven't tried it with any 3D immersive games yet. I've only like run around the Windows Mixed Reality, like right. Sky House or Cliff House or whatever, and yeah. you know, messed around with some of the apps that it comes with. So maybe I'll do a little playing with it. Against Gravity makes Rec Room. And we should play Rec Room because it's free. Yeah. Like Rec Room said, is fun. Yeah. We'll dive in there. We'll play the new racing game or whatever it is. Yeah, that'd be super fun. That's all I got. That's about it for this week's episode. Trace, thank you so much for coming. Putting this up with really our fun. shenanigans. I love a good shenanigan. Uh, remind us again, where can we find your stuff? Trace Dominguez everywhere. So YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. And it's called Uno Dose of Trace. Awesome. Jeremy, anything coming up? Untested? I have no idea. No, no, for you. Oh. Don't worry about testing. No, I mean, yes. Like, I have, like, big things, but I can't talk about them. Not oh, yet. Awesome. Yep. They are awesome things. Yes. Very, uh, very exciting. What about you, Kishore? What's going on? I ended on? up skipping Silicon Valley Comic Con because uh, I got a headache and couldn't wear my McCheese outfit with a headache on. Uh, but I will be at Dragon Con in two weeks. So if you're coming to Dragon Con, say hey. You love Dragon Con. I love my favorite con of the year. I'll probably be attending a bunch of science panels, doing um, a lot of cosplay shenanigans. Uh, before our outro, uh, I want to acknowledge uh, that we lost a member of the Tested family this week. Will's dog, Chloe Bananas, uh, passed away. Uh, Will had a, a wonderful sort of tribute on Twitter Chloe was featured in a number of tested videos, including her most famous one, which is where Chloe tested an iPad, uh, the original Aww. iPad. This video had more views combined than any of my science videos ever did on tested. I'm not <laughs> jealous of Chloe, but I'm a little envious of her. Uh, she was a good girl. Chloe was the first one to the door whenever you would visit the Smith household. Mm -hmm. Sweet dog. Yeah, she we'll, was the best girl. We'll be missed. Uh, so today goes out to Chloe. Uh, and uh, uh, thanks, Will, for, for bringing her into all of our lives. We have an outro from Wohawk. Wohawk has come through again. These are treats. I'm ready. And this one's called Whales and Dolphins. Hi there, I didn't see you. That's it.
the parts of the ship that the sets never got built that are mentioned. Mentioned in episodes, mentioned in technical manuals. For example, there are whales and dolphins aboard, aboard the, uh, the uh, Enterprise D. Shut up. I, I, like, I will not. Like a voyage home? Just like, and, and they are used, I think in canon, for navigational purposes. What? If not for communicating. Whales and dolphins. Enterprise D. Whales and dolphins. Enterprise D. Shut up. Whales for navigational <laughs> dolphins. Purpose in Enterprise D. Whales. What? The dolphins. Shut up. Enterprise D. Whales. A whole aquarium. The dolphins for communicating Enterprise D. Whales. Shut up. The dolphins. I will not. Enterprise D. Whales. What? A whole aquarium. A cetacean Enterprise D. Ops. A cetacean. Ops. What? 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 Ops. Communicating. 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 This is pure nerdery. Nice segue. It's a poseable yeah, replica. Jeremy, there replica. is only one cookie monster. This is a, clearly a replica. Z is for cookie. <laughs> it's good enough for me. The poop remix next week is oh, going to be rough on us. I love those. <laughs> there, I didn't see her. <laughs> What's happening? Is that me? Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's over. Uh, thanks for joining us. See ya. Bye. Bye.